I am a registered dietitian, holistic cannabis practitioner, and master of nutrition science. Welcome to my podcast, Nutrition Rewired, where I share cutting-edge, practical advice to improve your health and debunk myths to help you rewire the way you think about nutrition and wellness. In today's episode, I am actually the one being interviewed by my client and professional runner, Dana Giordano, where she asks me all about my journey to becoming a dietitian and finding a healthy relationship with food. We talk about plant-based diets for athletes, CBD for performance, and the importance of proper fueling for recovery and performance. Hello and welcome back to the More Than Running podcast. I'm your host, Dana Giordano, and I'm here today with a very special guest, my friend and dietitian, Erin Kinney. Hello. I said it wrong. (laughs) I just learned. It's okay. We'll practice. (laughs) So Erin is a registered dietitian. She has her master's in nutrition science, and she's a holistic cannabis practitioner. And the reason why I wanted Erin on this podcast was to kind of talk about a lot of very relevant things within the whole world of fueling for runners. And leave it to Erin to say hi. Yeah. Hi, everyone. My name's Erin Kenny. Um, I'm a registered dietitian, as Dana said, and I'm also a holistic cannabis practitioner. I am very passionate about nutrition and wellness, and I also love food, which is just a wonderful pairing. Um, so I love to cook, and um, I'm very passionate about women, especially, and fueling as athletes. Yeah, so which kind of is very much aligned with what I see the goals of this podcast are is reaching out to a wider female audience, especially high school runners and talking to fellow professional runners. So kind of getting inputs from all different areas within the running extended industry and seeing how we cross over. So the first thing um, about Erin is kind of just, we want to, I want to learn more about you. And this is fun for me because Erin and I have become friends over kind of working together. So I probably about a little less than a year ago, I reached out to Erin to kind of talk about my personal nutrition and how to fuel myself as a professional athlete. But I don't know Erin's full story. So we'll learn together here. So let's start with college college okay I did my undergrad at the University of New Hampshire Um, would have loved to have gone somewhere warm but my mom and I were really close so I stuck around Um, got my bachelor's in nutrition wellness and was actually interested at the time I was thinking more of like becoming a personal trainer more of the physical activity side of things I was a athlete growing up I played soccer basketball and I really got into running when I was transitioning into college. And the reason for that was because team sports were such a huge part of my life. And I know a lot of people can relate to this, that I felt like there was not, I was losing part of an identity when Mm -hmm. I was transitioning into college. And 
that's kind of why I was thinking, you know, the physical activity side of things. I didn't know much about nutrition in general, and that's why I picked the major of nutrition because I figured selfishly I'd love to learn more. That's great. And you kind of, throughout that process, did you realize this is what I need to do? Was it kind of like a calling to you of I'm in the right field, I feel very confident and happy with Mm. what I'm doing, or was it kind of... I know a lot of us, like for me in college, like my major is super irrelevant for what I'm doing. It was more of I took one class and another, and then eventually I found kind of that passion within Mm. what I was studying. But it kind of seems for you like you're extremely passionate about what you do. Yeah. This is the question that you sent me to about, you know, maybe talking about why I became an RD. And this is always an interesting one to me because I never had like an aha moment or, you know, a moment where I decided this is what I want to do. I was never, you know, and I'm not still but a type A person where, you know, I, I think ahead and I plan in a sense of I have a set plan and that needs to be it and I don't stray from it. I really kind of my passion through this stemmed from my own journey with nutrition and wellness Starting from a very young age, I had really awful digestion issues. Mm-hmm. I was, um, they said I was lactose intolerant. They had to put me on a special formula right off the get-go. And then over the years, just kind of ignoring some cues from my body and pushing myself really hard as an athlete. Yeah, and that's something you kind of talk a little oh, pretty openly about mm. on your Instagram page, which mm. is at, and I'm going to have you pronounce it, Nutrition Rewired. Yes, Nutrition Rewired. And Erin is pretty open about kind of talking about your journey as like under fueling Mm -hmm. and realizing that you were kind of restricting yourself without even realizing Mm -hmm. it through exercise. Yeah, I, I remember specifically one of the moments that I do remember was going through a pretty awful breakup and, you know, just mentally wasn't in a great place and not knowing much about nutrition. I thought, you know, I want to be a better athlete. I had this, this newfound sense of motivation and what ended up happening was, you know, developing this, this sense of, you know, really putting a lot of pressure on myself and, I just started doing Google searches, you know, just like people are probably doing all the time and, you know, how to be a better athlete or how to get stronger, how to be leaner, how to, how to look better. And, and what do you think the results came up as, you know, there's different fad diets, cut out carbohydrates, cut out fats, only eat this, don't eat fruit. And gosh, I must've tried everything. You know, I was, I remember being so depleted at the end of some days that I figured, well, okay, this is just, you know, how it's supposed to be. This Mm -hmm. is, they said this would happen, you know, you're not going to feel great, but just keep eating more protein or, you know, things like that. And, you know, I figured there was a point that I got to where I was like, this is not sustainable. My Mm -hmm. performance is now suffering. My mental health is suffering. Yeah. And, you know, that's when I kind of started, all right, I'm going to start learning actually truly what nutrition And this was means. during college. Yes. Yeah. So did you kind of find that in your upbringing, you didn't have the tools that you needed to understand like what eating healthy was, or was it kind of, so I know a lot of, um, women that I talk to now within mm. the sport, it's like, they've had to kind of take control over their own nutrition because mm. what they ate growing up is like, we thought was healthy, but mm. it was actually extremely unhealthy but it was kind of just what everyone was eating and it was fast and quick and easy Mm -hmm. and cheap and all those things Mm -hmm. I think to I would I would be doing my mom a disservice if I said that I didn't have any sort of education because she was always fairly health conscious 
you know, from sneaking cauliflower in our mashed potatoes. Like, she, you know, cauliflower was cool for her before yeah. cauliflower is cool the way it is now. Yeah. <laughs> she was, she was, you know, really pushing vegetables and whole foods and things like that. But, you know, following some of what my sister was doing, you know, the lower calorie stuff and, you know, sports gels that were, you know, filled with caffeine and, you know, artificial flavorings and colorings and things like that. Um, lots of protein shakes. I remember, you know, she had this like tub of protein in the cupboard and it tasted like a, you know, like like a gritty and, Oh yeah. But it was, you know, I just took it after, you know, and I never questioned why my stomach hurt or, Mm -hmm. you know, any other symptoms that I was having. So yeah, it was the the name of my business of the rewiring, having to, you know, kind of go against, um, you know, some of the things that I had learned in terms of, you know, watching other people maybe that I looked up to or what I read online. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, just overall, also a big part of my journey was, was thinking differently about what nutrition meant originally really going into it from a physical standpoint and saying, okay, this is how I want to look mm-hmm. versus this is how I want to feel. Yeah. This is how I want to perform. And I thought that how I looked was going to be, you know, was going to make me happy. I thought yeah. that that was going to be the end, you know, goal. And that once I got to that goal, I'd be happy and people would like me. Yeah. And so that's kind of, and you know, I'm not coming from a place of people not liking me. I was never bullied. There was never anything in particular that happened. It was just, you know, a drive to be better and do better Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of fit in. And so that's where it led me. And, um, so rewiring really comes from not just thinking of the physical, but the mental, um, perspective of it as well. And having a healthy relationship with food and being able to show up you know, Mm -hmm. in life, not just getting through the day or, you know, checking a box, but, you know, how am I going to make the best of my time here on earth and feel the best that I can? Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. I definitely see that now within professional running is women are very exposed. It's like your kit is you're walking around in a sports bra and bikini bottoms essentially. Mm -hmm. So like your body is on this full display and that kind of starts at a young age in high school too. It's where you're kind of exposed in that way and you think it's so much about what you look like. Mm -hmm. And like my family, for example, like we're all very, we're all very thin. We probably had just have those Mediterranean genes, all that, like very ectomorphic people, but we're under fueling in a way where when my intensity level went up, I just kind of ate how I always used to eat. And Mm -hmm. I was in it's probably pretty healthy, but it probably was not enough food. Mm-hmm. So personally, my thing now is like I want to I want to look strong in my uniform. Like I do care about what I look like, but mm-hmm. it's in a way where it's kind of like this. Pu- it's kind of pushing against that. I want to look like everyone else. It's more like oh, I want to look good for myself. Because mm. there's been times where I look myself at the uniform at the end of the season. I'm like, ooh, you look bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think also. One thing that you said too really stuck with me is I think we're we now have this movement of this health at every size and and I love the way that it's going and and how we're advocating for you know really focusing on health mm-hmm. but I also think you know women are also feeling ashamed for wanting to look a certain way you know yeah. like you just said you know I want to look strong like it's okay to want to yeah. look a certain way and um, you know I don't want anyone to ever feel ashamed from that I think it's always um, a client said this to me a few months ago she said 
and she's, you know, in her fifties now. And so she's, you know, gone through a lot of life so Mm -hmm. far and she's reflecting back on that time. And she said, I want to be the best version of me. And she really emphasized the me part. Yeah. And I just, I sat there, I said, what, what made you say that? Like, I didn't really even, you know, kind of pick that out of her. She just said, you know, I feel like there's so much out there on the media that you're seeing and people are trying to look a certain way. And she said, I just want to be the best version of me. Yeah. And I love that. And I feel like that comes from so much experience of kind of like rejecting what you look like or comparative Mm. or all these different things. And that is not ideal. But one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, we learned a little bit about you, but keeping this kind of as informative and educational for the people who will hopefully be listening to this is what are like the most common ways you see people under fueling for fitness, like Mm. specifically running? Mm -hmm. I think when I came to you, I left my job and I was going into professional running and I was like very concerned that the intense, the increased physical activity would kind of impact me. And there's a lot of people who are starting cross country in high school for the first time, training Mm. for their first marathon, kind of starting a new entry into fitness after not being uh, active for a long time that kind of start this fitness journey and then don't realize that they're not supplementing for their body. So there's all these little things that we've talked about to kind of make sure that your body's not eating itself. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. what are those like specific ways you see people like under fueling? Yeah. The first one is I hear a lot of people, you know, when they come into my office, they say, you know, I don't eat breakfast or I can't eat before a run. And that's just the way I am. Mm -hmm. And, and I understand that. I understand it can be uncomfortable to fuel before, especially something like a marathon. It can be uncomfortable, but understanding that you can train your body to handle something. Mm -hmm. And so I work with clients to really, really get to a point where they're training their and I say this all when it comes to, especially with marathon training or training for some sort of athletic event, when you're training for that event, you're training your nutrition as well. Mm -hmm. You're training your body to learn how to run on, you know, certain fuel at a certain time. Mm -hmm. And so that being said, coming back to the breakfast idea, making sure that you're properly fueled for an event. Mm-hmm. especially breakfast though. Is that like leaving enough time before you're going to run, like waking yep. up earlier? Mm-hmm. I have clients wake up early and then go back to bed after eating a bagel. You know, oh, there's, wow. there's little things that, you know, we work towards to kind of fit it in with their schedule and their mm-hmm. preferences. But, you know, absolutely. You're, you're going to bed, you're using your muscle, like your liver glycogen through the night. And then you wake up, you're in a fasted state, and then you're asking a lot of demand on your body. Mm-hmm. And it might not seem like a big deal right off the bat, but then, you know, further down the line, you're at risk for injury, that small little deficit in energy and that stress on the body, it really adds up and people don't, you know, don't really think of it because in the moment they feel pretty good. Yeah. That's definitely something I did. I would wake up at like six in the morning, mm -hmm. do a couple stretches, pop out of bed, run, and then eat, Mm -hmm. not really realizing that you're kind of already in the negative at that point. And you're probably dehydrated. Yes. Yep, absolutely. It's just, it's one of those things that, you know, and in general, all of this, you know, the help of a professional, even if it's just one session, just to kind of get a little understanding of what your body's doing in that state, you know, Mm -hmm. and what it's going to be reaching for so you can understand the bigger picture. Yeah. And is that, um, so that's like in the morning, people Mm -hmm. are under feeling. Mm -hmm. So what about post-workout? So like, I've heard a lot about 
debunk the myth, the 30 minute window. Like, so it's, you finish your workout, there's the 30, quote, I'm doing air quotes on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You can't see them, but I feel like there's a lot of topic about like, got to get the protein shake and like got to slam something down. And Mm -hmm. I feel like what I've realized through working with you is that there's something that you, you join, we can pause it. There's something that you can kind of, um, add into your body, but does it have to be in that window? So is that a lie? It's a lie. (laughs) Yeah. It's absolutely a myth. There's not a specific window of time that you need to get your protein in. What I will say though, is the faster that you refuel, the sooner you start to recover. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to negate the idea that, you know, there is, you should be fueling after a workout. Absolutely. And the sooner you can start fueling the better. But there's no, and the research shows that I'm, I'm quoting research here, not just my own personal, you know, bias is that as long as you get some sort of protein in within the, you know, few hours after your workout, then you'll start to recover and be fine. Yeah. Is there some sort of like the best combination of like protein and carbohydrates right after a Mm -hmm. workout? So this is very running specific. So Mm -hmm. like say someone does a hard running session, Mm -hmm. what is what should they have in their fridge, like, to go to? Yeah. Thinking any sort of quick carbohydrate that's going to replenish that, you know, muscle glycogen. So that could be sweet potatoes. It could be oatmeal. It could be pasta, rice, cereal, some sort of milk that has, you know, some sugar in it. And then in terms of protein, thinking eggs, animal animal sources, which I know will be a topic that we maybe cover, but animal sources of protein are optimal. So eggs, chicken, dairy, yogurt, cheese. I'm trying to think of more. Yep. My newest realization about cheese. Yeah. I don't know if you saw, is that Trader Joe's sells miniature size. I did, I did see your post on this. Yeah, that was awesome. There's so many little like snack sized foods that you can buy now and just kind of have mm. as a backup. And I feel like for me planning kind of what I have in my fridge because mm. I've talked to a lot of runners when we get back from workouts like you don't want to think about what you don't do and don't have in your fridge mm-hmm. it's more about like what do I have that is I know it's good for me so for me it's like I have to like think about okay I I want a protein immediately I want a protein and a carb and mm-hmm. I want fast mm-hmm. and do that all kind of at the same time so I have to have those things in my fridge yeah and, and that's the thing is it, it requires some thought and planning. I work with a lot of, um, you know, nurses or athletes who are in college and there's not a lot of time in the day. I think anyone can say this it doesn't matter what profession you're in or what you're doing in life. Life is busy. Yeah. And so if you really want to improve your performance, prevent injury, improve your health, whatever it may be, whatever your goal is, there's got to be some sort of level of planning and just knowledge of, you know, okay, I know I'm going to be tight for time. So like you said, having some cheese that's a really easy grab-and-go option or having a bar that has a good ratio of the carbohydrates and the protein in it. But, you know, there's so many ways that you can properly fuel, whether it be a quick grab-and-go snack that doesn't even need a refrigerator mm-hmm. to, you know, you know, putting together a nice meal in your kitchen. So there's options for everybody. You just have to be strategic about it. Yeah, I have a little in my car console now. I just have the snack drawer, essentially, where it's like yes. chill mix and other things that I'm like... If you need it, it has to be there mm-hmm. immediately because I never want to be hungry. No. Yeah. If there should never, I always say this clients, you should never get hungry. There should never be a point where you are truly feeling hungry. Yeah. That is 
definitely someone actually told me you can also debunk this myth mm. that sometimes when you feel hunger you're actually dehydrated as well is that a myth it's not a hunger can thirst can show up as hunger in some people mm-hmm. that's 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 possible yes however maybe it's a diet fad someone told me that it was like if you feel hungry drink a glass of water and then see if you still feel hungry it's very much a diet culture created saying mm-hmm. let's let's put it at that yeah. i mean that there's no question then we have people I, one of the most common themes i've been seeing over the past few months is uh, females coming into my office saying I'm really struggling with the intuitive eating side of things because I don't know when I'm hungry. And and I think it's getting it's making people frustrated because they feel like, okay, if I'm not starving, then I shouldn't eat. Or if I don't feel like I, I can't really tell if I'm hungry or not versus just knowing, all right, I need to fuel. Like it's it's mealtime, I need to fuel. Mm-hmm. And so I guess to answer your question, it's 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 really more of a diet culture created statement. And yeah. from an athlete perspective especially you should not really be questioning whether you're hungry. We should just be eating, you know, regular meals and snacks throughout the day, properly fueling and being mindful about what we're eating. Love that. And what, so what would your favorite post-workout meal be? I mean, you're very creative in the kitchen. So oftentimes, I mean, today I did it for the first time. I ate a kiwi Ooh. with the skin on, which is definitely an Aaron specialty. And what did you think? It was, you can't even tell. Right. It's crazy, but I learn a lot about my food from your Instagram and your stories and things you try and test out. And I feel like you often plan ahead just so you do have something because like, you're a very busy person mm-hmm. as well. You don't have to be a professional athlete, by right? Any stretch of the imagination, no. which we probably have more time to plan yep. than the regular person. So, what's like you went to the gym, mm-hmm. you worked out really hard, mm-hmm. you did some cardio, you lifted some weights, you get home, what are you eating? My favorite, like when you said favorite, I think of, you know, whatever I eat after a workout, I I get excited to eat it because, you know, you're depleted and you're, you know, you've just had a great workout, you're ready to go. But uh, my favorite is doing like a sweet potato with almond butter and cinnamon and then maybe some eggs for my protein on the side. Oh, yeah. A smoothie is also a really good option, but I don't like to do the smoothies in the winter. Lately, my cold. Yes. Lately, my go to has been oatmeal. With some eggs and chia seeds, pumpkin seeds, hemp seeds. What else did I put in there? And that's another thing I learned from you, too, with kind of whatever meal you have. You can add a tablespoon of olive oil, seeds, pumpkin Mm -hmm. seeds, like all these things on top of it that it doesn't... Because for me, like, I'm a smaller person, so I don't like having a lot of volume of Mm -hmm. food. Like, I want whatever I'm going to be eating to be, like... I don't want my plate to be overflowing with food because... My eyes don't like seeing how much that. I get very intimidated by how mm-hmm. much food that is. It's overwhelming. And it doesn't taste good to me after I eat so much of the same taste. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And smoothies are a great example of that. You know, I have clients that I recommend putting sweet potato in their smoothie to make it a little thicker, you know, add in some more nutritional value to it, but get more of those carbs. You can add oatmeal, you can add almond butter, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so many different things that you can add and it doesn't have to be fancy. You know, I think a lot of people get intimidated too, thinking, oh, I need to put maca and, you know, you know, all these adaptogens and mushrooms and this and that, but get a little scared of that. Yeah. A little scary, right? I tried spirulina. Okay. Like died 
my counter green. <laughs> That's a that and turmeric. I don't ever get gel nails done and then work with turmeric because that will that not will die your off. counter too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You could. I one time I cooked with it. You could trail where I went from the counter to the fridge to the stove. It was it was stained. <laughs> <laughs> you be careful of the turmeric. Be careful. So similar to these adaptogens and kind of like bonus stuff, I feel like we've kind of touched on what social media and diet culture has talked about, plant-based lifestyles. Mm. So I'm not plant-based. You're not plant-based. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure a lot of people who you work with are plant-based, and there's a lot of plant-based athletes. We've had several discussions offline about the new documentary Game Changers, which is on Netflix, which kind of really advocates in an interesting way for this plant-based diet. And I'm a person that cares a lot about sustainability. Mm -hmm. And from a sustainability aspect, like, I totally understand. Like, reducing your meat consumption is Mm -hmm. extremely important. So I go for, like, grass-fed, organic, whatever. But that does get expensive. So there's kind of this – there's two parts of this. One is – the good and the bad of the plant-based lifestyles, Mm -hmm. and two, how can you be, like, an eco-conscious meat eater? Mm, Absolutely. And I I also want to start by saying that I I don't even like the fact that they call it a documentary because a documentary will show the pros and the cons, like we're going to discuss. And so they actually call it a documentary? Yep, they called it a documentary. And, you know, which I would agree, I would disagree. I'd say it's not a documentary. I'd say it's a film. I would call it a film. And, you know, they did not highlight, first of all, they, they misrepresented the research. And I'll, I won't even go into a lot of it. I've done a post on it on my blog that um, people Yeah, let's can, just say it can't be a research study if all three of your subjects know what's going on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, or if you That's my perspective. Yep, yep, that's, that's a fair point as well. And it doesn't take someone to be a researcher to just, you know, use your common sense to realize that. But... What, you know, they didn't expect the average consumer to go look up the research study, but someone like me, like, I'm going to go look at that research study and see exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we talk about plant-based, plant-based doesn't mean vegan. Plant-based might just mean your diet's based mostly off plants, mm-hmm. but you also have fish and eggs and, you know, dairy products. So they were yeah. also not very, you know, honest about, first of all, coming out and saying, what does plant-based even mean? Yeah. So that's the first confusion. But... To your question, as I like, I can get very heated when I talk about, um, you know, game changers aside, game changers aside, the positives of a plant based lifestyle. Yeah. Everybody can benefit from more plants. There's no question. There is phytonutrients, antioxidants, fiber, you know, there's incredible nutritional benefits to plants. Mm -hmm. And in terms of our gut bacteria, that's food for gut bacteria, which for most people can be really good to feed their gut bacteria preventing cancer, preventing risk of heart disease. what would you say, I'm going to pause for a second, what Mm -hmm. is gut bacteria? Gut bacteria is basically the bacteria that's, and when when I say gut, people think stomach, but it's actually in your intestines. Okay. So naturally, we we actually have more bacteria in our intestines than we do cells in our body. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, pretty Um, mind-blowing. I feel like I'm asking these questions because I hear a lot of these terms Mm -hmm. all the time, but I just want to be more educated on what that like what is your gut bacteria i mean we hear a lot about like probiotics and things like Mm -hmm. that it's all these terms that are thrown around but Mm -hmm. yep so the bacteria in our gut so when you take a probiotic you're essentially taking bacteria that the goal of that is to put that bacteria in your gut 
Mm-hmm. And the reason why people are taking them is because sometimes we have a, a bacteria that's out of balance. So you have bacteria, and it's kind of, think of it like a seesaw. If you have too much of one bacteria or the other, it's going to be, you know, uneven. And that's when we see health issues, digestive issues, you know, immune system dysregulation. But, but fiber feeds that good bacteria. It's food for it. And for the most part, for, for a lot of people, feeding that bacteria is a really good thing. It reduces, it's associated with reducing your risk of certain cancers, of you know, heart disease. And you know, there's a lot of benefits to, to eating more plants. There's, there's no denying that. So that's the pro. Yep. That's the biggest pro. And, and, and also from a sustainability standpoint as well, as you mentioned, that's really important to a lot of people. And you know, I think had the film, for instance, gone in and used that as, as the, you know, the target of why we should care, a lot of people wouldn't have seen it as sexy or, you know, which, which is unfortunate. They, they use, you know, people's physical health or performance as a means to yeah. try to sway people. And definitely people. took professional athletes or people like well-known people within the industry mm-hmm. that, I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger, for God's sake, it's like they're yeah. taking these very like beautiful, like standard physical representations of health Mm -hmm. like and saying that this is the right way Mm -hmm. and almost as if you want to look this way you have to do this Mm -hmm. and by the end of it I just left that that documentary film whatever you want to call it I left it feeling like pretty bad Mm. because I was like I don't want to pursue this type of diet because it's not going to work for me Mm. but maybe I should consider it and you know what? They, they did their job. I was just going to say, and that's a sign right there that they did their job. These people are not uneducated, especially in terms of marketing. And, and it's funny because I'd be lying if I sat here as a dietitian and said that I didn't honestly start listening to the documentary and have this, this little ping of, oh my gosh, am I doing something wrong? Like yeah. I, I say this to my clients all the time. I'm human just as well. And for yeah. someone, you know, who is, who knows full and well that the optimal human diet can, and usually should include animal based products, you know, they do a really good job. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that, that that's the case because, you know, I, I'm now seeing a huge movement of the plant base and, so I guess we can transition into the bad. Yeah. One thing, and I'm using the documentary just as a way to kind of, you know, highlight some of the things and, and people that have seen it can also relate to it. But, you know, one of the, the athletes in the documentary, if you go watch his YouTube video on a, a day in the life of what yeah. he eats, there's a lot of supplements and protein powders. Mm. It is possible to to do a vegan or a plant-based lifestyle and be healthy it takes work, it takes knowledge, and it takes planning. Mm-hmm. So you can't just mosey on in and say, I'm going to eat a Chipotle bean burrito for lunch, and that's I'm switching to plant-based. Yeah. Because, you know, there are some serious health risks associated with, you know, not getting essential nutrients, particularly B12, mm-hmm. um, protein, especially the aging population. You know, I work with a lot of runners who are getting into their 40s, 50s, 60s, adequate protein but not just amount but the quality of the protein mm-hmm. is so important so yeah, and you shared a really interesting post on your page the other day mm-hmm. where a lot of these protein powders that are plant-based have um, metals in them including arsenic yep and lead mm-hmm. like very toxic ingredients and i I never even considered that my protein powder wouldn't be clean because mm-hmm. i'm spending a lot of money on it you know i mm-hmm. never thought that 
how is that allowed legally mm. for something that you're paying for to have that in it? But there seems to be this kind of GNC, don't go there. There's a void of regulation. Mm-hmm. And because I'm a professional athlete, I have to look for that informed choice, like true sport mm-hmm. kind of labels to guide me that it's at least in the right goalpost of what I'm supposed to be taking. But when we start working together, I, I remember very clearly I brought <laughs> a supplement that was, I don't even remember. Oh, like a BC, branch chain amino branch acids, chain yeah. amino acid. And you're like, Dana, this is trash. And I like, <laughs> die in it. It's like, why are you taking this? Just eat food. You're like, okay, I'll send it back. I was like, I'll get rid of it. It's fine. But I didn't know because you see a lot of people who are posting and promoting and you don't know what's promoting and posting and it's very confusing. But for me, like I had to, I have to use a protein kind of after a harder session to really get that instant fuel that you were talking mm-hmm. about. But it's, it was a little intimidating to hear that like my protein could have metal in it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and especially if someone's relying on it as a source of protein, which a lot of vegan athletes should be doing, they should be having that because when you talk about the different amino acids, which are basically just little puzzle pieces that make up proteins, um, we have some that our, our body can make and some that our body can't make. And so we need to get those ones from food and to do that on a vegan diet can be really difficult if you're not using things like protein powders. And so if you're doing that on a large amount and then you're finding levels of, you know, lead or arsenic or, you know, things in these protein powders that can start to add up and seriously cause health, you know, effects. And, and that's not to also mention the other ingredients like, you know, the artificial sweeteners and, you know, binders and things that are in these, Mm -hmm. these supplements as well that can be causing GI distress and that we don't, we don't really have long-term research on their what the the FDA says um, generally recognized as safe GRAS. Yeah, I mean I don't even like the sound of that. It's generally re- I picture a guy going, well, it's, it's generally fine. it won't kill you, yeah. not yet. Yeah, yeah. So I don't like I don't like to see that stuff in in a in a food product, and and I just I really I'm a big proponent of you know food first mentality. Um, and, and, but if you're an athlete and if you're a vegan, then using supplements is, is almost necessary. And that's why being a very educated consumer on, okay, if I'm getting a protein powder from here, I want to contact the company. I want them to send me a lab report showing that the levels of this and that are tested and making sure that they're below Mm -hmm. the amount of levels that would be safe. Yeah. And that definitely takes a lot of work. It does. And you know what? Some companies, it's funny because I, I um, subscribe to Consumer Labs, and luckily mm-hmm. they take a lot of the, the work off of me because they do the testing and they report on these things. Yeah. And, and, you know, companies will will have, you know, been contacted and they won't, they'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll send you a report and then you'll never get it. You know, and, you know, am I going to spend my time chasing these companies down for reports? Absolutely not. If you're if you don't send it to me, that's that's a sign to me. That's a red flag. Yeah. And so that makes me, you know, not recommend your your product. And so I've 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 found trusted brands and companies that I really like mm-hmm. and some that over the years have then, you know, gone more large scale and then their quality, the quality of their supplement declines and it's disappointing. But I am always keeping up to date on, you know, who's that trusted company and mm-hmm. we need to remember it's a business, you know, yeah. it's, it's a business at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, as much as we'd like for the consumer's health to be at the forefront of, you know, what they're doing, it's unfortunately not. Yeah. And I feel like kind of the education around reading nutrition labels and understanding what these binders and additional additives are is like pretty poor 
So that understanding of you think you're buying, I think um, the company that I work with to do my blood testing, Inside Tracker, does a great job on their social media. Kind of mm-hmm. once they'll go in, you do this too, like they'll yeah. do Whole Foods and say, this is how you read this type of label. This is why this wheat bread is actually not whole wheat bread. It just look, it's just brown. Yep. It's just brown white bread. So it's like, that is what that means. And yep. people, I think the average consumer thinks they're eating healthy, but in reality, they're just whatever looks healthy mm-hmm. almost. Yeah, it's marketing at its finest. And and it's not unusual, you know, we can't expect everybody to to know, you know, a lot of these things. It's I think it's a, it's a privilege that we are able to, you know, have the education and to have the tools or to follow the right people or, or work with the right people. Um, because it's not it's not quite common sense nowadays. No. We're Especially getting with like a uh, for example a and substitute for a milk. Mm-hmm. So you have like an almond milk that yeah. has some sort of weird like gum in it. And I'm like, I don't even know what a gum is. You're like, well, I chew gum, so that should be fine, you know? And like, I don't know what Zaytan gum is. Yeah. I don't know what X, like, this could be fine for me. Yeah. But I know. And then there's the school of thoughts, like, if you can't pronounce it, then you shouldn't eat it, which also just kind of is. Because nobody so knows how to say quinoa. Like, when that so first simplistic. came out, everyone was Spiralina? like, Juan, we, uh, yeah. So there's. It's it's not the it's beyond common sense at this point, and I think that's what makes it frustrating. People come into my office and they're feeling defeated. They're mm-hmm. what what should I eat anymore? And yeah. you know we're trying to just live our lives, and on top of that, there's all this you know misinformation out there, and and then and then it doesn't help that the food industry is deceiving. Yeah. So what would you say are your kind of Aaron tips for? It's a Sunday night. Mm. I'm in the grocery store. I'm not a millionaire mm-hmm. and I need to fuel my body for this week. Excellent. And, yeah. Well, a sweet potato doesn't have a nutrition facts label, right? And white rice, you know, the only ingredient on that label should be white rice, brown rice, quinoa, you know, so when I think of, of, you know, the optimal choices on a budget, you know, really just looking for, for your staple items. So when we will go through some, you know, carbohydrates, carbohydrates, you've got potatoes, white and sweet. Let's not pretend like a white potato is not incredibly good for us and get a bad reputation. Those little mini ones is my favorite. Oh, the little fingerlings. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're so good. Um, so potatoes, rice, oatmeal, quinoa, you know, there's all these other types of grains out there if you want to get fancy, I but like the pharaohs, fair- the bulgur, <laughs> there's <laughs> yeah. all sorts of these recipes and I'm like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Start with the basics for, for people that are looking for, you know, those, those cheaper essentials, um, beans and lentils. Those are also very cheap. You can get those, um, you know, make sure you're drinking plenty of water as you up the levels of those gas producing and, <laughs> yeah. you know, warning may beans, cause beans, more. <laughs> exactly. That's that's not a myth. That is not a myth. That is a truth. So you know, increase slowly. <laughs> yeah, um, increase those slowly, and then protein. So thinking things like eggs. Eggs are a very cheap, high quality source of protein. Eat the yolk. Mm-hmm. The yolks are not bad. They're B12. There's vitamin D, one of the few sources of vitamin D. Um, you know, so eggs, eggs are excellent. And buy in bulk. So when you see chicken or something like that, you know, maybe maybe this is a little uncomfortable for some people, but buy a whole chicken. Buying a whole chicken and utilizing the whole thing, mm-hmm. you know, rub a little olive oil on the outside and stick it in the oven. Um doing things like ground meats, you know, lean ground meats, that's a really easy stir fry thing. Um, you know, frozen, frozen is always really good. So and if you frozen can, keeps the nutrients that 
when it was picked, mm. it's flash frozen and maintains all those nutrients. And just because it's frozen doesn't mean it's not exactly for you. Yeah. And, and, you know, having that stock of, you know, in your fridge of how ha- I mean, in your freezer of having vegetables and, and fruits that are frozen, always having them on hand is also great as well. So yes, frozen is, is not bad. And if, if not, it's sometimes better because of exactly what you just said. Um, and then think also healthy fat sources. So things like olive oil, coconut oil, nuts, seeds, mm-hmm. um, you know, make your own trail mix. Don't buy the, you know, eight ninety nine you know, one that they've made for you. So and I have that problem with granola. <laughs> I have a personal favorite. I'm simply Elizabeth. I need to let it go. Oh, uh, what, what favorite flavor? The blueberry one. Oh my gosh. Problem. The fig <laughs> one that I've, I've crushed half a bag of those just in the grocery store alone. I know. Like, that's how the, I mean, I try to make some of these things, like, it just doesn't taste the same. No, yeah. See, there's, you, you got to have your staples where it's like, you, you know, you, you get your staples, yeah. you save a little money so you can splurge on the purely And list, I'm really but. happy I'm talking to you about this because I purchased, I mean, I'm sure most runners have in their, um, in their kitchen right now, like Shalane Flanagan's cookbook, mm-hmm. and I love it so much, mm-hmm. but it is very costly. Like, mm. I've made half her recipes and be like, do you actually eat like this? I can't buy, buy this Norwegian swims downstream salmon, and I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's just like all these almond flour, things like that, mm-hmm. that I wasn't buying in bulk when I was doing her recipes, and I love them, and they're amazing, and I think it's a phenomenal cookbook. I just couldn't afford it. Yeah. Yeah. And so with that, I think that's more of a luxury style of eating. And, and so that's why I always say, bring it back to the basics, you know, let those almond flour muffins or whatever be like, you know, something that you do for a treat or whatever, and do something like an oat flour based, based muffin or a whole wheat or a whole grain flour. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be fancy. Substitute those same recipes for, they're not one for one. So like, for instance, like a coconut flour and almond flour, and they all have different properties. So a quick Google search of, you know, convert, you know, uh, one cup of almond flour to oat flour, and they'll kind of give you a, a good ratio. Google's very useful for that. Yeah. Um, but there's, you know, it doesn't have to be fancy. It's getting more and more glorified just because people want the next best thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those things get really expensive. And so this kind of leads into you mm-hmm. and your cookbook. Mm-hmm. So Erin, I have not not bought, bit the bullet yet, but I am so close. I haven't been home long enough. So when I go on altitude camp trips, like my roommates, they are really good at cookies. So they yeah. basically just cook everything. So mm-hmm. I was like, when I get back, I'm going to get it. So Aaron has a gut healing ebook. Mm-hmm. How many recipes are in there? I think 56 total. And it's all about kind of without, there's no quick fix. Mm-hmm. It's more of resetting without, mm-hmm. um, there's no, what, what am I trying to say? The juice cleanse. There's no cleansing. Yes, yes. Cleansing Non-diet. Yes. I've seen that infographic on Instagram that was like, the only thing that can cleanse you is your liver. <laughs> yes. It's the only thing. Yes. There's no juice. Yep, yep. And you need, you know, water and food and protein and all that to, to detox. So by starving yourself, you're not doing yourself a service. So the cookbook, where did the idea come from? I mean, you're very creative in the kitchen. We've talked about that. I, so when I first started my business, I was meal prepping for clients. I was cooking. Oh, yeah, I thought you were crazy. I was yep. like, I don't understand. And you were right. I was crazy, but I, I loved it. I was cooking probably, you know, fr- somewhere from 60 to 80 meals a week. And, and, and honestly, sounds like my, my worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Now looking back on it, I'm like, oh my gosh, how was I do? I was, I was depleted by Monday. I just remember. And I, so I had, I have a love for cooking and I, it's, it's, I mean, if I were to tell you, Hey, go eat this, go eat that versus here, I'll just make it for you. Which Mm -hmm. would you prefer? 
I would love it to be, I would, that would be my dream come true. Like, <laughs> I'm, you know, the dreams having a chef. When you're, when you're famous one day, yeah. well, how about you just I'll hire you. bring me on and no, I'll. but you don't want to do this anymore. I'll hire <laughs> yeah. someone to make your recipes. Well, I can cook for one. So, yeah. and, and you're good company too. So yeah, that helps. There you go. We there could, you, go. you know, we could make this work. Um, so I was doing it for clients and it was one of those things where it was kind of still feeding that passion, mm-hmm. but from a business standpoint, as you can imagine, not sustainable. I did. I didn't yeah. want to go into the food service industry. I've been there. And you're in Boston where you work with Wellness in Motion, an mm-hmm. amazing kind of all-encompassing yep. physical therapy, chiropractic studio mm-hmm. that I'm sure there's like nonstop clientele going through them and your own personal business. Mm-hmm. So you have, you're kind of this uh, dietitian entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, all of that, all of that. I mean, Wellness in Motion, we do talks all around Boston. We do events through my business. I do corporate wellness talks. I, you know, there's, there's so much going on in, in managing my social media and my marketing. I'm, I'm hiring an intern this week, so it's funny that we're talking about <gasps> oh, it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That is a boss move. It's, um, I've had an intern Aaron in the past. Says, Girl, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've had an intern in the past and, um, she graduated on to her next chapter in life. But, uh, you know, I, I, I come back to the idea and remind myself I can't do it all alone. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, it was, it was one of those things where I had to be realistic with myself and, yeah. and unfortunately tell those clients I no longer could cook for them, but I still had this passion for, you know, bringing people these recipes and for the people that either couldn't afford to hire me or didn't have the time or just weren't ready to make that leap. Cause it, it's an investment. Then I said, you know, I want something that I can at least give to them to have a tool in their toolbox of health where they can implement some of these changes and, you know, broaden their idea of health. And, you know, the, the cookbook also includes a kitchen essentials guide. So that's great. mm -hmm, I had a, you know, someone reach out to me and say, you know, gosh, I, I don't have any of these things in my, in my cupboard. So it just walks you through like what types of oils you should be cooking with and, you know, what types of condiments. I would would never have known that you need (laughs) avocado oil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's on there. That's in your essentials. And then I walk through education. So I explain how the guts tied into every aspect of your health and performance and mental health. And, and then at the end, I have a sample meal plan of how you might put a week together if you were only using um, that from the cookbook. But it's, it's more than just a cookbook. It's a guide, yeah. you know, essentially I, I am very passionate about gut health because, you know, 70% of our immune systems there are serotonin, you know, that, that feel good hormone is produced there, you know, inflammation, our gut bacteria regulates our infra- inflammation in our mm-hmm. body. So our gut's really the foundation of our health. So whether you're looking to be a better athlete, you know, improve your your skin health, it's it's so far reaching. And and that's why um, I wanted to do it in a way that was, um, you know, something where it could be delicious and applicable to just anybody wanting to, you know, make some changes and have fun in the kitchen. Do you think there'll be a part two or there's a constantly evolving so I have a, I have a whole business plan for it. So, so the, you know, my business is nutrition rewired mm-hmm. and the idea with the cookbook was going to be, you know, and that's your Instagram handle and your mm-hmm. website. Mm-hmm. So this one is called, it's called rewire your gut. And the idea is the series is going to go on to be rewire. And then it could be rewire yeah. your holiday rewire, you know, your sweet tooth, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get a feel for this first one, I seeing how that. it goes. Um, any feedback would be welcome if there's like, yeah. And I think this kind of leads into one of my questions that, um, your personal social media strategy, how you use your platform, what mm-hmm. we struggle with that platform, because mm. 
you we've we've talked about this is being kind of um, not early adopters to mm. our Instagram platforms as a business. Mm. You kind of are one of many. Mm. So how do you distinguish yourself from others and what your personal brand is when people go to Nutrition Rewire? Like, what are they going to find there? And I love your page because you can really get a sense of who you are sprinkled in with recipes and kind of fitness and wellness, but also like you really is quite educational Mm. and I love your page and inside tracker and all these people I kind of work with around the greater Boston area. And Mm. I feel like I'm very well armored with good information that's coming in Mm. and you almost have to like fight off all this misinformation. Mm. So it's so true. Yeah. I, I love, I love Instagram. I have a, like a love hate relationship. Some days I want to, I, I walk by the, the Esplanade. If, if anybody's from Boston, they'll know it's a beautiful area here in Boston, right along the water. And some days I just want to chuck my phone in there and, you know, say, you know, I'm, I'm done. done. <laughs> I'm all set. I'm going to go on a little vacation because social media is very consuming. And, um, I, I really spend a, a good amount of time less than I used to, but mm. I love just putting and educating, you know, putting information out there for people and it's free essentially, you know, I, it's free as a marketing tool, but it's also free information. And, um, you know, I, I try to keep everything evidence-based as a dietitian. That's what we, you know, we're, we're trained clinically and we're also trained to be able to dissect research and then present it in a way that's, um, digestible to the Mm -hmm. consumer. And, and so that's kind of, you know, one of the things that I take pride in is, uh, you know, I, I want people to be able to trust me and I want to yeah. be non-dogmatic about anything. I, I am very, I, a girl said this to me the other day, she said, it's very apparent from your website that, you know, you don't believe in a one size fits all. And, and I said, I'm, I'm really glad that you picked up on that because yeah. that's something to always be wary of is if, if you go to someone's website or their Instagram and they are, the keto diet is one way or the highway that's not somebody that you want to follow because somebody that believes that there's only one way to do anything, especially when it comes to nutrition and wellness is someone that you don't want to be taking, you know, personal information health wise Mm -hmm. about. And then there's a lot of influencers that I see online that are not RDs that Mm -hmm. are kind of this, um, nutrition coach or they did a CrossFit level one or kind of like have some sort of informal nutrition education and I feel like those are kind of the louder voices in the room from mm. what I see. So how is a way for what advice would you give for someone who's like using social media to get kind of this advice for recipes, life, food advice? Like, how do you know when mm. someone is an Aaron nutrition rewired one size does not fits all mm. versus kind of I got my information and now I'm preaching kind of perspective? I think, you know, the biggest thing is for, for me, one thing I do on social media is I build a strong network Mm -hmm. and, you know, when you build a strong network and the people that you're, it's kind of like you think of it in just your social life. And so the people that you associate with on social media and who you choose to partner with or dialogue with, um, you know, those people are a reflection of you Mm -hmm. and those people are going to refer out to you and they're going to communicate with you and support you. And so having that would be my first. Um, you know, advice is finding someone who is in a network where it's a trusted environment. Um, that's a big part of it. And, you know, the second thing would be coming back to, you know, making sure that they're not promising quick fixes. They're not, you know, any sort of those types are big red flags. And then, you know, what else would I say? I think, 
I think in general, just making sure that, you know, because you can be a dietitian and you can still be giving out false advice. So, you know, I'm not, you know, just because I'm a dietitian doesn't mean that, you know, I'm, I'm someone that you should be trusting. It's, you know, you should be looking into information on your own still and actively, you know, fact checking things. And, and, you know, if somebody, you know, says something that, you know, if they, if you ask them a question and they're afraid to say, I don't know, you know, that's, that's also a red flag. So yeah, just really, really keeping your, um, you know, your skeptical cap on when you're looking, you know, at different, different people's pages and, and being mindful of, of that community as well. So to wrap up Erin as the dietitian, before we go to her other hat as our last topic, I kind of just want to ask you, what would you recommend for someone who said, who's thinking to themselves right now, listening to this podcast, who's like, Oh, I don't, I don't think about these things. Like, Mm. what should I do next? Like Mm. I'm kind of starting at this place of confusion or I want to feel better. I want to feel good. Like what, how would you say to like get that first meeting that, Mm. I mean, when I first went to you, I was definitely like, Oh, I'm not doing my feeling correctly. Mm -hmm. And now over almost a year later of working together, I feel Mm. like I have kind of this control of, okay, when I add five to 10 more miles, miles in my week, I need to add this much more fuel and I need to be thinking about it. I need to be kind of owning that. And Mm -hmm. it's hard. Like it does not get easier over time. So what would you recommend to someone who's kind of in that initial stage? Mm. I think, I mean, you know, if you have the means to do it, you know, it's by no means is it breaking the bank to do it, but just at least meet with a dietitian once, you know, it's, there's nothing like just having someone review what you're doing and just give you some insight to, to just give you that reassurance because, you know, there's, um, also Nancy Clark, she's, you know, a great sports dietitian and using her book as a resource, her sports dietitian book. Um, she just came out with a new edition. So you can have that. That's, that's a basically a good Bible to have for anyone who's an athlete. Um, she really paved the way in this profession and, and yeah, meet with a dietitian, you know, have a, have one, a sports dietitian particularly, and, and just kind of, you know, get, get some information on that, have them review your diet and, and kind of have them walk you through what it's going to look like as your training changes and make sure that, that they're making sure they're filling any sort of gaps based on your, your current intake. That's awesome. I love that. I'm a big fan of Erin. She's super busy, but you know, if you do live in the Boston area, actually you do FaceTimes as well. Yes. So. Yeah. I do a lot of virtual. A lot of my, you know, clients are spread out all over the country. I see a lot of people out in California. So I know she's eventually going to move there and it's going to be sad. <laughs> um, but the last topic I want to discuss is kind of your other hat and I don't want to get too deep into it. Um, especially because it is a controversial topic in the world mm-hmm. of running. So Erin is a holistic cannabis practitioner, which is a certification, and she has her own line of CBD oil. And is it only CBD oil right now? So and CBD oil, I also have a cream. And a cream as and well. That's what I was forgetting. And soft gels, that's new. Yep. But um, why I say it's controversial in track and field is that CBD... Um, when it has THC in it, you can test positive for a positive drug test, which THC is not allowed in competition with USADA mm-hmm. or WADA right now. So something that I'm cautious on, and um, I haven't really taken the plunge into the CBD world, but I just, if you could do like kind of a high level overview of the benefits of CBD, mm-hmm. 
maybe quickly how you got into that and how like a runner would benefit from it. Mm-hmm. And if you're not being tested by USADA and WADA and you're a little less not scared, like why would it be beneficial? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, giving just a quick background of how CBD works in the body. And um, so CBD, it's, it's a component, it's a part of the cannabis plant. There's a hundred plus other compounds that come from the plant. So you've got CBD and THC. Those are the ones that the media and, you know, the, the, the wellness industry is really focusing on, mm-hmm. but there's a host of other, other, um, cannabinoids that provide benefit. So we have this system in the body that has receptors in it. We have, um, you know, CB1 and CB2 receptors are the main receptors. And what CBD and THC do is they go into the body and they they don't bind, but they interact with these receptors in the body. And these receptors are ones that they modulate inflammation, they modulate pain, they modulate, you know... um, everything you can possibly imagine, which is why it, it's a little, you know, people get a little skeptical when they hear how many things CBD is good for. They think it's good for your dog. It's good for your grandma. Yeah. It's good for gra- <laughs> cancer patients. Yeah, put it in your coffee, put it in your water, you know, so there's, there's those claims are not necessary. And it's funny because I say, you know, anything that promises to do all that, you know, run, but in this case, quite the opposite um, because of the fact that we have this endocannabinoid system that reaches all throughout our body. And there's this proposed idea that that deficiencies in this system are what cause chronic pain, you know, mental health issues, um, you know, insomnia, anxiety. So there's there's this idea that if we supplement with the CBD and the THC is that we can correct these deficiencies. And what I see in my practice when I work with clients one-on-one with the CBD, and mind you, my my CBD is THC-free. Every product is lab-tested. You can find them online. Mm -hmm. No THC. Yep. And so when you're looking for a product and you want it to be THC, you ask the company for the lab test. And you never buy one in a grocery (laughs) store. In a grocery store. Oh, my gosh. Please do not. A grocery store, a gas station, you know, do not. There probably isn't any CBD in those. No, no. I mean, I mean, some of the times there are, but a lot of the times it's, it's misrepresenting what's actually on the label. So with my product, um, you know, everything's lab tested and there's different ways to use it. You know, there's creams, there's tinctures. Um, the best way in my opinion right now is to do some sort of tincture because, you know, if you do it, if you take like a gummy, the more like, you know, fancy ways where you're Mm -hmm. eating a chocolate, it has to go through the whole digestive process versus Mm -hmm. being absorbed through the thin skin in your mouth under your tongue. Um, but so for athletes specifically, I mean, inflammation, I mean, recovery in general, if you're sleeping better, if you're less stressed, if your inflammation is down, you're going to recover better. It's something that I've definitely considered, but I'm fortunate to not have any issues with sleeping or yes. anything like that. So I, I have uh, considered it, but it has not been kind of top of mind. But I know a lot of people who do have a ton of benefits from it. Yeah. Actually, my grandma is one of those. She's a big CBD gal now. Yeah. Hers might actually have THC. <laughs> who knows? Hey, she's feeling good. I mean... That's another thing is that when I work one-on-one with clients, you won't hear, you won't hear my CBD will come up in our conversation because it's not like a miracle cure and it's not, it's not necessary the same Mm -hmm. way that a protein powder isn't necessary for, you know, an everyday individual to get their protein needs, but it can be good in certain situations. And if someone does truly have a deficiency and maybe they're reaching for an over the counter medication, it's a great alternative with, you know, almost no side effects 
as far as we know, there's not a lot of research in general with CBD, but as far as we know, very minimal side effects is coming from a plant source. And so people feel a lot safer using it Mm -hmm. and, you know, the body, it works with, with the body naturally versus a medication that works in a way to either suppress a symptom or, you know, it's getting to the root cause. There's so much for to learn about CBD. Could talk about it all day. <laughs> I know we really could talk, we really could talk about CBD, all day, but I yeah. think one of the things you said about it was that it's not a magic cure all. No, absolutely and not. One thing that I personally worked on was when I got a blood at a physical blood lab test done, mm-hmm. I did see certain things were deficient. Mm-hmm. It was you within working together with their dietitian. You're like, okay, maybe you do supplement magnesium because you are not getting enough through that right. food. So it's like food first supplement second absolutely and then there's certain ways that you can find that out and there are certain supplements that you can take that aren't dangerous like the b12 if you're yep. a vegan that they you suggested mm-hmm. but i think the cbd is really cool because they're especially to talk to someone like you who is very informed about it and educated mm-hmm. on the subject because there is so much information about what cbd is what it isn't so i think it's really cool just to hear like from your perspective of and you also, the company that you work with mm-hmm. is, like, you're getting it directly from them. Yep. And they say mm-hmm. it's a very challenging way to remove the THC. Yeah. it's and, and that's another thing is the different types. You know, there's different extraction methods. And, you know, imagine a, a little flower and trying to just pick one little thing out of that flower, you know, be it the CBD, but then leave the other stuff behind. That's very difficult to do. So, you know, while companies out there might have good intention and they might say it's THC free, if they're not getting a third party to lab test it and certify it, then it's not that they mean to, you know, just, you know, throw THC into your system for fun. They just, it's very hard to do. So you want to make sure that the company's taking the extra step to actually do that. And, um, you know, to your question of how I got involved with it is, you know, I work with a lot of clients who are on so many different medications and I've been on medications my, myself in the past. And it's a nice tool to have. That's just a more natural a natural form of it. And, and it helps with anxiety mm-hmm. and sleep yep. and all sorts of different things. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, to me, I see it. I see the benefits. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. yeah. I think yep. there's definitely something there. For sure. And there they, are contraindications. There yeah. are people that are breastfeeding or pregnant, you know, not recommended that you take it. It can in- interfere with, mm. you know, development of a baby in terms of, you know, just kind of altering your hormone levels. So, so do your research. Yeah. So do your research. Absolutely. And, you know, if you have any questions, you know, I book a free discovery call on my website and we can talk CBD if there's any specific questions that you have. Amazing. The last, just kind of wrap up our conversation. It's been almost an hour talking to Aaron about all things Aaron um, and this topic of fueling for runners. Um, when I started this podcast, it's this is kind of the second episode, so we're still new in this, but it really was about kind of all things in the circle that surround runners, specifically female runners, because that's my background and who I am mm-hmm. as a professional female athlete. But I think it's been an amazing conversation with you to talk about fueling for fitness and kind of what strategies and really thinking of, I like the way we talk about it as a strategy, you know, like you're taking control of your body or taking control of your nutrition and you're, you are doing this rewiring of thinking about food as fuel. Mm -hmm. So if there's any last piece of advice you want to leave the listeners with, if you're, I mean, hopefully the people who are fellow professional runners to people who are running for the first time, but to people Mm. who don't run at all that are getting advice from this. Yeah. Um, how, what would you leave us on? I would say, you know, 
go with your gut. And I used to hate this saying because I, you know, I would, it would frustrate me thinking, okay, well, my gut was always usually kind of messed up. So that (laughs) never really worked for me, but you know, listen to the feedback that your body's giving you, you know, I'm a dietitian, but the best dietitian that you have is actually, you know, the voice within your body that it might be whispering it, you know, it might show up in the way of being a little tired. It might show up in being, you know, a little fatigued during a run, but, you know, listen to that feedback and tune in, um, and make sure that you're, you're keeping an open dialogue with your body because, you know, it's going to tell you what it needs a lot of the time. And, and if we push through our daily lives and if we, you know, let messages from the media start to, you know, flood in, we can become very detached from our, Mm -hmm. uh, I call it your inner dietitian. Yeah. And so, you know, really check in with yourself and, you know, meet with a professional, obviously, but, but really just, just try and be mindful and tune into your body because it, it knows, you know, we are all inherently, you know, designed to be able to trust ourselves and our bodies. And, you know, if we can bring ourselves a little bit closer to that, um, and enjoy your food, you know, don't forget, you know, food is fuel, but it's also, it's also fun. It's also celebration. It's culture. It's, it's so much more than, than just, um, you know, the, the physical food itself. So don't forget to enjoy it and don't yeah. go your whole life without eating the damn cake. Well, I know. Yeah. I guess the biggest thing for me was kind of, kind of retaking my kitchen and having fun with it. And, yes. you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you don't have to have the same thing for lunch every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, adding that extra preparation level and really like planning ahead and mm-hmm. making it fun to plan ahead and yes. have leftovers yeah. and eat it again. Yeah. See, when you get excited about it, I get excited about it because it should be fun. It should be exciting and, you know, keep an open mind and, and yeah, you got to plan ahead. You know, you have to be there. There requires some effort the same way in the sport as you put in the work and the result is what you, what you get out of it. And the same goes for your nutrition. You know, it doesn't just naturally come to you. Nobody's going to do it for you unless, you know, you're like Dana and you can hire a private chef like me, <laughs> but you <laughs> know, day, you, you got to put the work and Dana knows that, you know, she, she showed up and she, she made it a priority. And so I'd say, take it, take a note from Dana's book because she, you know, she's obviously yeah. doing something right. And I'm and, still learning, yeah. you know, and that there's definitely not a, I think maybe hopefully maybe Aaron can be a guest again and we can talk about fuel on the road and eat for yourself and kind yeah. of more, um, other topics on this, but I think this was a really awesome start and I'm so happy that Me you too. came on. This was so fun. I could do this all day with you. <laughs> All right. Until next time. More Than Running with Dana Giordano is brought to you by the Sidious Mag Podcast Network. This episode was produced by Chris Chavez, music by Anna Sophia. I'm your host, Dana Giordano. Thank you for listening, and thank you for running. I only want a few close friends. The rest just pretend. A ton of people kissing in the stairwell. I want this day to end. Text my mama so I don't lose hope. I didn't learn anything I didn't know Always yelling, get off your phone Screw that, I'm going home Did you hand that in? Nah, I'ma take a zero Just call